Hey, Lex City, thanks for engaging in worship this morning. As Pastor Brian said earlier, make sure you are following at Lex City Church on social media. Stay connected with our church family. You can also find updates and send prayer requests at lexcity.info. As we enter into this unique season, our church has plans to help our community in their time of need. We want to be, as we say, for Lexington. To do this, we need your continued support. The easiest way to give is online at lexcity.info. My family and I set up recurring gifts through our online giving platform each and every month. Just fill out your email and some simple payment information. Here's an example of your giving in action. We recently funded a team to serve our ministry partners, Refuge for Women. My name is Nicole Levy-Joy, and I work for Refuge for Women. Refuge has always provided a long-term residential treatment program for adult female victims of human trafficking. Our latest project is this 6,500 square foot house um, that a couple years ago there were conversations happening at the state level. In a long-term treatment program, the process can take two to three weeks, sometimes a month. And so the need for women to have immediate access was really, really clear. And so Refuge for Women um, decided to expand their services and begin uh, their first ever emergency housing program. So what normally happens when women are identified um, is if they're identified through a law enforcement response is that they either end up being jailed because there's no other facility for them or they might get put in a hotel, which isn't the ideal situation either because they're not with um, people who can provide the services that they need. So this is a first ever of its kind for our state really. So this um, house can uh, hold up to 16 women. Um, they can stay for up to 90 days. The Really the primary goal of this program is to stabilize and to try to encourage the women to go into long-term treatment. When a woman arrives here, what she can expect is a lot of love um, first, but uh, safety and daily needs met. Uh, but also we will have a full-time therapist. We will also offer case management services, group therapy, psychoeducational groups, so um, things like how do you apply for a job, what does that look like, um, as well as cooking classes and things of that nature. So whatever amount of time a woman chooses to be here with us, we're going to do our best to just love on her and give her the skills that she needs so that hopefully she can reintegrate into society, back into her community in a healthier way. So thank you so much for giving. When you give to Lex City, um, this type of thing is what you're giving to, um, to be able to help us with these projects. There's lots and lots going on um, that your giving has helped us to be able to do that we couldn't have done without you. We are really excited to open this facility in April of 2020 to the state of Kentucky. It's amazing what God is doing through our church. Please continue to pray for our ministry partners throughout the city. Today, Pastor Brian will be bringing us the message from 2 Peter. Listen in and be encouraged. Well, this morning, as we continue in our series on 2 Peter, I want to remind you again of what Peter says is the goal, the purpose, why he's writing this letter to the church. And so let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, and he simply says this, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. That we would grow, here's what he's saying, that we would grow in our grace and our peace and our knowledge of who Jesus is. And I find it so fascinating that 
Peter says, listen, there are two characteristics that should be hallmarks of the life of a believer. In other words, as you think about a follower of Jesus, two things that should define their life are this issues of grace and peace. And it's interesting that Peter doesn't say this. He doesn't say spiritual maturity is knowledge and fervor. No, he says there's this inner strength, the thing that calms you, the thing that really creates a life of distinction. What is that again? He says these two things, that it's a life of grace in peace. You know, this last week, we've had a lot of opportunity to really test the depth of our own grace and peace in, in our own lives. It's not uncommon. I, I think even over my lifetime, things that have come up that have tested the depth of my peace that I have, I think all the way back to the 1970s. As a young child in grade school and middle school, we had this imminent fear of nuclear war that we were fearful that that would come and bring life to an end as we know it. The 1990s, the, I remember the shock still today of when Magic Johnson announced that he had AIDS and we were in this turmoil. Uh, how, how does this spread? What do we do with it? How does this relate to sports that threw us into chaos? Y2K. Would it be the end of the world as we know it with technology and computers would all come crashing? 9-11 brought a new level of fear within our own borders. And here recently with the coronavirus, there's a new sense of unrest. What does this mean and how does it impact us? But you know, the one thing that all of these events have in common is this, that they are stealers of peace. There are things that create unrest within our own hearts. They, they move our focus from what is known to what is unknown. It replaces, again, this idea of fear replacing our faith. So what I want to propose to you this morning is that during these kind of times, seasons of unrest is times that the gospel shines the brightest. It's where followers of Jesus stand apart from the world. Why? Because we have the hope that rests in him. When everything around seems the craziest, it's the time that the peace that comes from knowing Jesus begins to be such a distinction. So as we think about that this morning, let me take you to one of my favorite passages when I'm dealing with times in my own life of unrest and a lack of peace, a passage that this last week I found myself drawn to, and it's found again in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter four, if you got your Bibles, you can turn there, or again, go to lexcity.info for all the sermons and the notes that are there. But listen what Philippians chapter four, such a powerful and I think timely word for us this morning. And it simply says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I love verse seven. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What we as followers of Jesus should be known for, especially in turbulent and uncertain times, is what we find in verse five. Let's go back to that. He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Isn't that a wonderful characteristic to be known for? Reasonableness, a calm a level demeanor in our current circumstances, would you not cherish that attribute being the attribute of our world today, reasonableness? But I don't know about you. There are times even here within this last week, I, I, I've tried to figure out what that means. There have been times I feel like I'm receiving good and helpful and reasonable information, 
There are other times I feel like it's just getting a frantic response that's driven and based out of fear. So as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, how can my response be reasonable in unrestful times? Well, what does Peter say? Look at the last part. Why is that? Because the Lord is at hand. Go back to verse five. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone why the Lord is at hand. That God is not distant. That's what Peter's saying. That, that God is not disinterested. That he's at hand. Can I confess to you, boy, there are moments though I have even felt that, boy, God, it doesn't feel like you are at hand. It does feel like you seem distant or disinterested or unaware of the things that are happening. As your pastor, I've got many questions that someday I will have for God when I get a chance to stand before him. I'm making this list, and one of them may be things of this last week. God, why is your timing such as it is at this time? I think about as your pastor, God, you've called me to shepherd a flock, and how do I shepherd a flock when I can't have contact with a flock? Lord, I think about the timing. You've been so good and so gracious to us as a church family here at Lex City. This spring, we've experienced unprecedented growth, uh, connection, financial health in ways we haven't in years. So Lord, this does not really seem like the right time to have something like this happen that's gonna hurt the momentum that you seem to be creating in us and through us. Why the time as a pastor? <laughs> as a husband, my, my wife, uh, she owns a travel agency is what she does on the side with some different things. Uh, this has not been a great time for travel, people canceling trips. Uh, we do, I will tell you this, you can get a great deal on a cruise nowadays. Buy one week, I'll give you two weeks for free. Just put in promo code there, Corona as we go. And you look and say, why does this happening now? What a challenge that brings. But probably on an even deeper level as a father, I, I've had the, the, the experience of this. I've got my youngest son, Trent, who is a college senior entering his last year outdoor track. This is what he has prepared for and built for. He's so excited about this year. Coach is sending him to some meets all around the country to prepare for nationals. It seems like the year he's going to reach his peak. Everybody's so excited. And then he gets the phone call. All spring sports have been canceled. If you're a Cats fan, you understand the, the weight of that was going to be an exciting year to see them attempt to make a run here within the, uh, the tourney to see how things would go. And so as a parent, as a father, I got to have the same conversation that parents have having with their children all around the country. How do we handle this kind of disappointment when, when you thought something was going to happen, it ended in a moment. And for him, a career is done. Lord, I don't understand the timing and what you have planned for this. God, it doesn't feel good, right? God, it doesn't feel like you are at hand. As a pastor, as a husband, and as a father, it just doesn't feel like this is the right time. But here's what 2 Peter is teaching us. This is a big thought for us this morning. It's this. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Right? This is the beauty of when I don't know what to say to my son Trent, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a knowing God. That's really is the crux, that God is not distant, that he is here. Because God is at hand, Second Peter says, what should my response be? Go to verse six. First part of verse six says, do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
Don't be anxious for anything. So what's the difference, right, between anxiety and being anxious and just being wise and concerned and diligent, right? That's really the great question. Let me give you a couple of big generalizations that, that may help you as you think about this idea. Concern usually is over a specific situation and it's temporary, where anxiety tends to be persistent and it tends to be difficult for us to control. Our mind and our heart begins to race. Concern is based on facts, where anxiety tends to be based on the big question, well, what if? The fear factor again that comes in. Concern you think about it, manifests itself in our thoughts, while anxiety manifests itself, itself not only in our th- in thoughts, but it also manifests itself physically in our bodies. I mean, we have thoughts like fear and guilt and dread, but I find that anxiety begins to manifest itself physically in racing hearts, GI issues, headaches, tight chest, or if you're like me, you just want to eat lots of ice cream. I mean, anxiety seems to have that kind of external effect on who we are. But listen, we remind you again, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Peter not only teaches this, but this is what Jesus reminds us. Remember back in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says these powerful and I think timely and profound words. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Let me just read it for you this morning. And that is why I tell you not to worry about every day, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear or where will we find toilet paper? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Big thought again, this is what Jesus is saying. Never be afraid to trust the unknown future to a known God who cares for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. So as your pastor, listen, I I don't know what these days hold. And I don't know the timing on why these things have happened now, but I do know this, this beautiful thing called the church, the the bride of Christ, is loved so much by God that he sent his only son to die for it, his Holy Spirit to indwell it, and nothing happens that doesn't run through his loving sovereign hands. And so I trust that God has these things because he is a knowing God to me and a knowing God to you. The church has experienced far greater struggles and challenges than a coronavirus, and yet today it's not only surviving, but it's thriving, amen? What a difference it makes. The church is a movement of God that will stand, we know, until the day that he comes and returns for his bride. So Peter closes his teaching, and he closes this with a promise and and a benediction back in in Philippians chapter four. Go back to verse seven. 
and I love this close, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The result of peace and the peace of God in our life is that it protects us from two important things that steal our joy. It protects us from two things that create fear within our hearts. Go back to that in verse seven and let's look what it says. It says, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do two things. will guard your heart, your feelings, and it will guard your mind, your thoughts in Christ Jesus. If we will do that, if we'll let the peace of God guard our hearts and our minds, what will it create in our lives? Let's go back to where we started in verse five. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone that the Lord is at hand. And I think you would probably agree with me today that the one thing that I think our country needs more than anything at times like this is reasonableness. And anything less than that, can I just remind you, is unbecoming a follower of Jesus. Anything less than that is an acknowledgement that, God, I don't fully trust you to the level that I need to trust you. You might have the birds of the field and the lilies of the plains, but God, I'm not quite sure you have me. Listen, what a follower of Christ's life needs to be characterized by, defined by, is reasonableness that's there. So in these uncertain days, can I just encourage you, may the gospel produce in your life peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that points others to the Savior. You know, in a few moments, in a few minutes, probably many of you are going to have lunch. Can I encourage you, before you enjoy your lunch, take time to pray and practice Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Thank the Lord for his provision. Praise the Lord for his character, which is never changing. Parents, at times like this, it is so important that you lead your family with peace and confidence, where your family is watching and your family is learning from you every day. As we interact with our coworkers, friends, may we lead through peace and understanding, because again, our coworkers are watching and our co-workers are learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus. They're watching you to understand what a person of faith and how they live differently than everyone around them. So as we close today, can I pray for you the prayer of Peter over the church in Philippians 4? Let's pray together. And Lord, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard our hearts in our minds, in Christ Jesus. Father, this morning, may we take the truth of your word, the promise of that, and may we as followers of you live differently because we know you are at hand and you are near. And Lord, during these days of uncertainty, may our lives be characterized by grace, and peace. May the gospel not only influence and impact us, but God, may you use us to spread that to the world around during these uncertain days. So today, Lord, we acknowledge together not only that we love you, but we trust you, and we're excited to see what you have in store for us. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you, Pastor Brian. And thank you, church, for tuning in today to LexCity.tv. We hope to see you in person really soon. But until then, we invite you to follow us on social media for daily content. Comment, share, be an encouraging community on social media together. If you or your family is a part of Kid City or Lex City Youth, be sure to follow their groups on our Facebook page for exclusive content and live updates specific to those ministries. We'll be trying lots of new ways to be together without really being together. Stay active in text conversations with your groups. Maybe jump on a FaceTime call with some friends. We miss being with you and can't wait to see you again. We are stronger together. We'll be right here. Thanks again for watching LexCity.tv.